0: YoMTG MTG Taps is brought to you by StarCityGames.com. The next stop on the Star City Games Open Series is coming up this weekend in Tampa, Florida. On March 3rd and 4th, join hundreds of other players to battle it out in the standard Legacy and Draft Opens and compete for the glory, the cash, and all the benefits of moving up the ranks of the SCG Players Club. With side events galore and live coverage courtesy of SCG Live, it'll be an action-packed weekend that you won't want to miss. So make plans to join StarCityGames.com in Tampa, And welcome to episode 98 of Yo! MTG Taps. I'm Joey Pascoe.
1: And I'm Big Headache Joe.
0: And uh, you added a syllable to your name over the weekend, apparently. Yeah! <laughs> so uh, this past weekend was Grand Prix Baltimore. I mean, that was that was where we were. That was what we had our, uh, our eyes on. There was also Star City Games in Memphis this weekend. And we'll talk a little bit about the results of that, of which I know very little Because I was, you know, paying attention to the Grand Prix. uh... I don't
1: even really know who did what in the Grand Prix because I was there. And, like, actually last night, like, I barely stayed there for very long because I wasn't feeling good. So I just, like, left. I was only there for a couple hours. Mm. Kenny talked me into wasting $18 on a draft. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know.
0: yeah, I mean, and we've kind of talked about that before how sometimes it seems like when you're at the event you actually know less about what's happening. Right. Or, or at least you have a completely different story. Let's just like talk about that for a minute. Uh, you know, you go to these big events and there's so much going on uh, that you're there and your perception of it is whatever you happen to be doing. Now, if you're in the main event, your perception is your, you know, your few rounds that you end up playing, um, and I guess you kind of, if you end up going all the way to the top 16, top eight, things like that, playing all the way to the end of the tournament, then you have that perspective, and that's, you know, the main storyline, I guess. But if you don't play in the main event, or if you don't uh do well in the main event, and you, you drop out and you're playing side events, or you're just hanging out with people and, and things, it's it's pretty tough to tell what's actually happening in the main event, sure. um. So, you know, that as you just mentioned, you you didn't really know what was happening. I didn't know what decks were doing well while I was there until right. you know, I came home, I was getting kind of rumors uh but it seems like the really, I mean if I had to say like a card of of the weekend that maybe wasn't the card of several previous weekends, <laughs> uh I have to say Nephalia Drownyard was kind of a breakout. I mean, people have been playing it. So, it's not like it's the first time people are, have been playing it. But, man, people were drowning people. People were, uh, Drown Yard was seeing a lot of, a lot of, uh, action, I think, this weekend. Wow. Blue Black Control seemed to be the deck of the weekend, which, um, I think some people. Makes you
1: kick yourself a little bit, at least. I'm just <laughs>
0: no, actually, not not at all. Um, I, you know, I, I guess I, I I'm not like, I, I don't think I would have played it. Uh, I I ended up not not making it to the site in time, so I didn't end up playing. Um, I wouldn't have ended up playing Blue Black. I think I would have played Esper Spirits, uh, which I have been playing with recently, and I really like the deck. But um, yeah, so Blue Black Control seems like it's the breakout kind of – or at least a very – popular archetype of the weekend made it all the way to the finals dave shields has blue black control versus matt costa's blue white delver not esper delver not esper spirits but blue white delver and uh matt costa uh ben friedman and um yeah i can't even remember who who the other person was and they were playing thought scours and jace memory adept as part of their win conditions the final round in day two was Ben Friedman uh, versus Michael Jacob um, in the feature match, the video feature match, and uh, Ben Friedman was playing this blue white delver list and uh, it, it was a really, really awesome match, and there was this one game where uh, where Ben actually thought scours for the win because he thought scoured Michael Jacob to deck him, <coughs> which was just awesome, you know wow and, and that was the match. So uh I really liked kind of how they uh they kind of evolved slightly the blue white delver list. That was really uh I, I it was a really interesting way to take direction to take that list where instead of being uh so much more aggressive, you're actually using a planeswalker whose job it is to mill somebody, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. I'm, I think that like I'm I'm just really glad I play mono red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This seems like, the most boring match to me. I just, I played a Thought Scour for the win. Oh, my God, really? Like, you got your opponent down to three cards left in his library? Like, and not even, like, in an easy way. You know what I mean? Not, like, not, like. Uh, what was the traumatize right? <laughs> right,
0: it would take half your library.
1: Yeah, I mean it's just like ugh. No,
0: see, <laughs> I, you're saying that, and I understand. Uh, like you're that that's your impression of it, but it's actually way more exciting than it sounds because I think a, cu- a couple of reasons. Uh, well, it, one, it brings like a whole bunch of tension where you're you're like, okay, you know, he's got control of the board and and he can't get dam- You know, the, his opponent can't get damaged through. But what his opponent can do is mill him and. And uh what's ends up happening is things like you know a thought scour for the win because you know he he oh well Michael Jake was playing this kind of uh, four color five color control kind of list which is you know reanimating sun titans and and it's dump it's milling itself I think what what they did is they saw all right people are playing this reanimator deck this uh freets deck where where they're throwing cards in their own graveyards uh that's just People have no problem dumping cards into the graveyard, cards like Forbidden Alchemy and Faithless Looting and you know all that kind of thing is already helping the cause there. Right.
1: So, so why like, is Scab Ruinator not being played?
0: Uh, I don't know. Probably because as soon as you bounce it, now you got to remove more creatures from the graveyard. It's, 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 I don't know. I, I, I feel like – I think people are much more happy to remove creatures from their graveyard with Morlin Haunt so they get something out of it and <laughs> – uh you know it's a one for one kind of deal most of the time right um anyway yeah i mean vapor snag seeing a ton of play that's another reason scab ruinators you know not so great uh yeah that's so, a good point so and vapor snag i mean that card i'm more impressed with that card after this weekend uh, after playing more with esper delver than i ever was where you know i, I was playing a game where i i was uh, my opponent was at 4 and this is just for fun. I have like you know a bunch of spirits in play, and I was playing against Tim McLaren, and he's got, I think, I mean, I, I it doesn't matter, but I'll I'll uh, estimate he had like two or three Runescar demons on on the board because <laughs> uh, he was playing Heartless Summoning, and he had like Runescar demon, he had Bloodgift demon, he's got like all these, you know five fours and and five fives and six sixes and things. He's got like these big guys and I've got, you know, a, a couple of spirits on board and he's at four life. And I'm like, it doesn't matter what he does right now at all, because I think I've got this game. The only, the worst thing he could do is wipe the entire board. I said he, it would be better for him to wrath, me and and leave his his cards than it would be to just wrath the whole board because i had vapor snag vapor snag gut shot and snapcaster mage so as long as he had like two guys i could bounce or three guys i could bounce i could just kill him by just bouncing his guys right and so that's how i won and i'm just i was very impressed with the reach that the delver decks have and uh i mean it's kind of like I knew that. I knew they had that kind of reach but actually playing with it and you know, you're you sitting there and you're trying to get damage in with creatures and then you realize, hey, I don't need to do anything – I don't need to do any attacking. I don't care what what happens here. Like he was – he played RuneScar Demon, copied it with you know like a phantasmal image and copied that with a Phyrexian uh, metamorph. He tutored his library like three or four times in that game and two times I think in that same turn and I'm like it doesn't matter. He's getting whatever <laughs> card he wants out of his deck and it doesn't matter. So uh, it it was really uh, – it, it, I, I kind of – the realization that it didn't matter – uh, that he was tutoring his, his library just made me feel like, wow, this deck is really powerful, or this the, this deck really has some reach. Um, so I think we kind of went off on a tangent. You asked me about Scabruinator. I know, I know what it was. The tension of the of milling strategies right now. I think it's really cool because we are encouraged with flashback spells and a number of different cards to be dumping cards in our graveyards, and so now. You know that is a quote unquote good strategy. So uh, these guys, Costa and Friedman, they they take advantage of it by uh, by playing Jace, and the blue-black control players are taking advantage of it by playing Nathalia Drownyard.
1: Yeah, but what does like. Oh, okay. So, so the drown yard is just a, is a finisher. Okay, because I was gonna say, like, what happens if like Paulo drown yards himself? I don't, I don't, I don't know what I'm thinking. I don't know. Well, they, they,
0: see, that's another thing. Is is people are drown yarding themselves too? Drown yard. I, I mean, think... all he
1: has is two grave titans and three snapcaster mages. What if he drown yards and goes grave titan grave titan? Like he just lost his entire win. He doesn't even have the like any sort of. No, he
0: has to attack with snapcaster mages. That and that actually happened on camera. Uh I I can't remember which match it was, but Paulo uh was playing he may have been playing against Shields, I think. It was a blue black mirror, I think it was. And mm-hmm. uh you you know, they counted their libraries and Shields had maybe ten more cards that uh than Paulo and he they both had like drown yards in play, and so it gets to the point where they're like drown yarding each other and uh but Paulo had like a Snapcaster Mage or two on board and that was his his wind condition, you know? Right. Um, and, uh, what is it? Shields, I think, no, okay. Paulo gets a ghost quarter for Shields's uh, drown yard, which is like, oh no, you know, but Shields still has, I think two drown yards left in his deck or at least one. Uh, Shields then get drowns or g mills himself. I think, uh, Oh no, he gets milled, that's right. Yeah. Paulo mills him with Drown Yard, and one of the cards is surgical extraction. And Shields draws Ghost Quarter. Ghost Quarters Paulo's Drown Yard, then goes Snapcaster Surgical Extraction, your Drown Yards, hitting the other Drown Yards. Two drown yards were still in Paulo's deck, and one was in his hand. So he just like not only did he get a card out of his hand, he took two more cards out of out of Paulo's deck, which just got him even closer to being decked, and he got to look at the rest of Paulo's library, all like ten cards. To see, do you have any win conditions left? Like, no, he didn't have anything. All he had was the Snapcaster Mages on board. And now Shields has Snapcaster Mage to block with, to deal with it. So it was uh, was just really neat to watch. Um, You know, it's hard to remember all the details. But I guess what I'm saying is you need to go back and watch some of these matches. Uh, Really, every match with Shields I thought was pretty awesome.
1: Um, yeah, well, he's I mean, he's a good player.
0: He really is. But watch Shields versus Paulo. Um, watch Ben Friedman versus uh, versus Michael Jacob, which was the the final round of day one. That was a really cool cool match. Um, and then, uh, you know, one of the other kind of big things, uh, Jackie Lee made top four. Uh, she was playing a, a red green aggro. aggro deck. I was pulling for her to to take it down. I was trying to you know, I was pulling for history. Uh, because to my knowledge, there has been no female uh, Grand Prix winners, but she uh, she beat Paulo um, in the quarterfinals, and then in the semifinals, she had to face Shields, and she uh, she just rolled them game one. It was like a turn fourth run or turn three Thrun or something. Uh, it was basically I think she went like turn one birds, turn two birds, turn three throne, and I've got two other creatures. Even if you you know cast tribute to hunger or Liliana. You know, it was like Shields really just didn't have a way to deal with it. He didn't have uh, an answer, and Theron just just killed him in uh, you know five minutes or something. Game Game Two went for a very very long time, uh, and Shields manages to pull it out. He he just kind of kept pace with her. He she couldn't seem to really get anything uh, big on board to to really. Whenever she did, she'll seem to find an answer. Um, but then game three was kind of epic where she got him down to one life and he was dead next turn. And he – she's got Phyrexian Metamorph copying his Bloodline Keeper. He's got two Curse of death sold in play. So it's, she's got a 1-1 Bloodline Keeper. Well, Phyrexian Metamorph copying Bloodline Keeper. She's got a Sword of Feast and Famine on the Bloodline Keeper. So now it's a 3-3. Three, three. And she's got another Phyrexian Metamorph copying Sword of Feast and Famine on it. So it's got two Swords of Feast and Famine on a 1 1 Bloodline Keeper. So, you know, it's a 5 5 pro black, pro green. uh, And um, he has you know, bloodline keepers and vampires on board. So he's dead next turn. Like she swings in, she gets him to one. He had, I think he actually had just played the second bloodline, I mean, second uh, curse so that if he hadn't played that second curse, he would have been dead on that, that swing, but he plays the second curse. So she can only get him to one. He top decks consecrated sphinx, and now she can't get through and he wins the match, you know, after some, you know, uh, back and forth where, you know he he manages to start swinging in with all those vampires uh but it was that was pretty epic and and frustrating okay. too because you're like what outs does he have there's really very few outs he has right now i mean he could uh I, th- I don't think she had any creatures on board so he could have drawn like a tribute to hunger or something like that um but it was It was just like, wow, she's got him into one life, you know, one more turn or Galvanic Blast or something, you know, but it was just, wasn't there. Um, she did have Galvanic Blast in the main, but I think she sided it out. Um, because his deck really doesn't, you know, the Galvanic Blast doesn't seem like it's really that great against Shields' blue-black control. Um, so anyway, that was, that was really exciting. There's like tons of exciting matches on camera, I think, and, uh. It, it was just an awesome weekend now i this is kind of kind of funny you uh you brought this up. the front page of daily mtG says costa outlas- outlasts the best in Baltimore. Dave Shields defeats friend and fellow Boston native Matt Costa. <laughs> so yeah, that obviously was i uh, you wondered like did they write this ahead of time and and post the wrong one? You know what I mean, right, right? Because you know, you know how for the Super Bowl they, they make, they the, make shirts the shirts for both
1: teams, right? Exactly. Right.
0: <laughs> so the the shirts out there exist that the Patriots won the Super Bowl this year, even though they didn't. Uh, so you no,
1: know they didn't. That's and and awesome. <laughs>
0: honestly, you know, looking at um, looking at the the finals, you had the blue black control list uh, piloted by Shields and Costa playing the Delver list, and <clears throat> here's a, here's an exchange I had with Travis who was on site at the time while I was watching. Twitch TV or whatever, um, you know. I, I texted him and said, "I I keep seeing you in the background when they cut to Shields's face because he's like standing behind Shields watching the mm-hmm. game." And he says, "Nice, this game will last forever." <laughs> and uh, and at, this is at the time this is uh, I guess game one. And I said, "I don't even know how Costa wins with Curse plus Liliana on the table. Anything that lives through Curse just dies immediately to Liliana, which one of the cards you know he had Geist of Saint Traft. Which lives through a curse, right. but he just get, Liliana comes down and just gets rid of it. So it's like, all right, Delver can't play Delver, can't get anything off of Morland Haunt, can't you know, can't do anything. Everything he has is an X one, a Snapcaster Mage. Everything's an X one. Everything dies to curse, except for Geist of Traft, which he can't play more than one of because. So, so it's not like he could go Geist, Geist, and then Liliana happens and he gets one. To stick to the table because it's legendary. So he can't even do that. I'm just like, I don't know how he wins. And Travis says, I'm pretty sure he just auto-loses this matchup. And I agreed with him. I didn't write back. That was the last text uh, at that point. I was thinking, yeah, I really don't know. I I feel like Shields' deck was built to beat kind of Delver decks because Delver kind of is a known quantity. And I thought Shields had it. Um, I I watched – Game two and Shields manages to to win game two and I'm like okay well you know I'm sorry Costa wins game two so I'm like okay you know that that's fine just because he Shields is favored doesn't mean he's going to win two zero uh, and so I'm watching game three and I'm watching and then it's just like. Going back and forth and I'm waiting, and it seems like game three kind of got to a, a stalemate kind of position. And I just was like, all right, I'm I'm done watching for now. I you know, I I'll hear what happened. And I turn it off and five minutes later Travis texts me, Guess I was wrong. And I was like, So Costa won? I turned it off like five minutes ago. And he's like he's got Batterskull equipped to a Geist. And so I turned it right back on and uh and yeah, like it, it Batterskull on Geist of Saint Traft. Was uh you know I think kind of the the way Costa got back into that game or got really broke that stalemate and since I don't really know what happened in between and the time I turned it off uh you know Geist holding Batterskull with like Angels uh coming in and I, actually there was a really cool play uh with with at the very end where there were double Bloodline keepers for Shields and uh, and Costa had the Geist. And the Angel, obviously, uh, which showed up when attacking, when the Geist attacked. I'm trying to remember. So so he attacks with the Geist. Angel comes down. And um, Shields wants to block with, like, one of his, his vampires because – so he makes a vampire token with a bloodline keeper. And before he can declare blockers, uh, Costa bounces it with a vapor snag. So now he has to block with his with – his, uh, he's got a snapcaster and a bloodline keeper. Uh, like a, I think it's a fresh Bloodline Keeper, so it couldn't cast or couldn't tap to make a token, and so he has to lose one of his Bloodline Keepers now because he has to block. He's at like three life now, and uh, so he chump blocks, chump blocks, and he has like one window to draw an answer, and he just doesn't have it. It was it was really really cool, intense at the end. It came down to like just the final, you know, kind of the final moment there. It was just awesome to to watch. So all very much worth watching. Anyway, that was the tournament side of it. You want to talk a little bit about the trading side of it?
1: Sure, sure, sure. Well, first of all, fun fact: something that I did not know that Mark Frias. Uh, you you know who Mark is? I'm saying the full name for the benefit of our listeners. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, the, one, the one thing that Mark told me about Geist of Saint Traff that I never realized is that the if Gideon's on the board
0: uh-huh.
1: against Geist, uh-huh. the angel token does not have to attack Gideon. Did you know that?
0: I did know that, but I guess I never really thought about it, but I think,
1: uh... I never realized that. I mean, that's interesting. It's similar to,
0: like, Hero of Bladehold, I think, because uh, they're not in play, you know, when, I guess, when you declare attackers, you have to declare them, yeah, I I can't remember the rules layering of it, but I think it's the same way with Hero of Bladehold, when you get those other guys... It should
1: be, since it's the same kind of Same kind of
0: idea, yeah, the creature comes into play attacking, um... On the topic of uh, of Mark, he was playing a, an interesting list, and I, I I don't know if you had more information about it than I did. All I know is yeah. he, was, he was playing Venser, and he kept calling it Tebow, like Venser was was Tebow because he's got the helmet. <laughs> he looks like <laughs> Tebow, and he's got the helmet or something. So, and he kept he kept like running by, going Tebow, and then it was like I don't know what he's talking about. What happened? What, okay, you, so, so so
1: the Tebow is um, he's got uh, he's got hmm right. Mm-hmm. And um I think I think basically I I don't I don't know if the Tebow thing is because the guy looks like Tebow. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean the Tebow thing is is has been like a running joke I guess with the world but like specifically in our play group uh we tend to drop down in the Tebo pose quite often. <laughs> um but like I think I, I think it's almost like a miracle play.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Like he just runs like he just runs it in for the win like so, so he drops Venser, and Venser has that minus one ability that most people don't remember, which I'm also kind of baffled people aren't playing that in, like, these blue-white humans mirrors. They just go, Creatures Unblockable, kill you. Yeah. Um, while we're on the subject of cards people aren't playing, just real quick. The tangent Avacyn, for my tangent. <laughs> Avison's Collar, for one, I don't know what the hell people aren't playing that in humans for. Um, and um, if blue-white humans makes the... Jump to modern flying men. Um, but anyway, so uh, talk about so what
0: Mark go, was doing yeah, with Tim back back
1: with Mark's <laughs> Tebow. Back uh, So the thing makes creatures unblockable. Uh, so first of all, um, he has well, he has the Stonehorn dignitary in there, which can just stop his opponent's attacks forever with the uh, with the Venser, which isn't the minus one, but whatever. Um, and then he has uh, uh, Ludwig's uh, test subject. So he just goes flip it. He gets the test subject down. Uh They can't deal with it. He flips it. He drops Venter. He swings for 13.
0: Right. That's pretty nuts. So that's the Tebow play.
1: (laughs) Just drop down and you let them take 13. (laughs) Uh, And there were a couple others. Uh, What were the – there was like something else in there too that was also uh, Tebow play uh, with the unblockable. But I can't exactly remember what it was right now. Um, I guess
0: just the whole thing is him winning kind of out of nowhere – just right. you know, it's, it looks like a stalemate, or it looks like one kind of game, and then suddenly it becomes an entirely different kind of game before anybody can stop it.
1: And Tebow, yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty awesome. I got a, uh, I got, he's got to post his list somewhere, um, yeah. so we can we can uh, link it. Unless he just wants to keep it secret, but
1: uh, top secret. Yeah. So, so I've decided to start putting together a tinder box.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. You talked to me about that a little bit, or you mentioned it on site so so what's a tinder box
1: so um pat sullivan has a box of just four of all the best red cards in all formats so when he decides to show up to a tournament he shows up with the box builds a deck plays some magic um so i'm starting to do the same thing because i don't ever want to play any other decks but mono red forever um and uh i got
0: i apparently got you the wrong shirt (laughs) <laughs> Since I got you the the green mana shirt, and you also I I got the wrong planeswalker altered. Should it have been uh, Chandra, maybe that you should have been <laughs> altered onto instead of well, Garrick.
1: Yeah, Koth wouldn't have made much sense. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, not necessarily the correct pigmentation, but that's all right. Um, uh, but no, 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 no. Look, the green's where I come from, and uh, and believe me, I, I I'm tempted. I'm closer to the re- to any red list than i am to that mono green standard deck but my buddy dave has the mono green list built mm-hmm. uh, and i was playing with it against wolf run friday night because uh him and uh and robbie robbie roth mm-hmm. uh two, two my buddies from long island they they were down here and they came over and hung out friday night and we were testing some games and like i was playing i was trying out his mono green deck and man that deck is really cool i like it a lot um but i don't think i have the uh the patience to try to put it together or play it. You know what I mean? Like just because I have red built, you know what I mean? Okay. Um, but it's a cool deck and I really like it. And you know, green is my origin. So it makes sense. You know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. just, because, just because Deadpool wears that gray uniform with uncanny X force doesn't mean that the red uniform doesn't represent him properly.
0: Perfect analogy.
1: Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um but anyway, point is I've been picking up some stuff for that. So I picked up a bunch of uh a bunch of Hellriders. I got a play set of Korean Faithless Lootings, non foil. Nice. Yeah, I I just like I love foreign non foils. So like just got some stuff like that finished out my health Hells Thunder set again again. Probably like the fourth time I finished <laughs> that set. <laughs> Whatever, Uh, So I'm just putting a a box together. But anyway, like that has little to do with like what I'm talking about. I just wanted to talk about that Faithless Looting. Um, So I had a goal this weekend. Uh, I mean everyone knows who listens to our cast uh, that I'm moving to Texas in April. And um, so when I was talking to my friend I was moving with, I was like, yeah, you know, I was like – uh, you know, you figure everything out. I'll come down with the money. And he was like, "No, that's not going to work." I was like, "Oh, all right. Well, then what?" He's like, "I'm gonna need like a security deposit by March 1st. I was like, "All right." So that was my goal this weekend. My goal was come up with that security deposit. <laughs> so I had to sell some stuff to come up with the security deposit. I took my box of Yu Gi Oh extra cards down there, sold those off to a vendor for like nothing, but I don't care. Yeah, ten bucks, ten bucks, or eleven bucks, but whatever. There you go. Um, Had, like, Zendikar full art lands. (laughs) Like, just a bunch of, like, random things that I was just like, I can move these for money. So just, like, clearing out stuff. Um, I found a potential buyer for my bulk commons and Uncommons. He was like, I'll give you five bucks per thousand. I was like, that's cool. I think I have about (laughs) 30,000. He's like, really? I was like, yup. (laughs) So
0: So basically uh, you're just – you're basically – uh, purging your entire collection of anything that doesn't go in your tinderbox.
1: Almost. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to keep some stuff, you know, right.
0: like... Oh, you have your Balthor deck, I'm sure that's...
1: Oh, yes, and I picked up some great stuff for that this week, I got my Joralf's Messenger Foil. Um, uh, one card I did pick up that went straight in and is completely ridiculous, Praetor's Grasp. Holy crap, that card is good in Commander. It's bribery for black. So I got some stuff... That um, I mean, I was having fun trading along the way. Like I was definitely trading for myself, um, and then trading for profit as well wherever I could. Let I me mean, let me let me say a little. Let me go off on a little tangent here about trading for profit. All right, it's one thing to use your advanced knowledge to gain an advantage. It's another thing to lie. Okay. Like I don't lie to people about values of cards someone asks me how much of a card is worth i'm gonna tell them i mean i might tell them what i'm willing to trade it at or right. trade f- at if it's not really something i need or if it's not really a priority to me right i might i might you know say it's like this much or whatever like but you're a not gonna bucks. you're
0: not gonna look it up on star city and see you know 10 bucks and go it's a six on star city right.
1: it's like you know my the way i work the way i work trades okay you sit down across from me for trades i'm there to make money Okay? I'm there to get things for fun when I can, but I'm there to make money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay? But the way I make money is by having more information than you. Okay? It's not by lying. It's not by ripping you off. It's by having more information. When you sit down for me and you ask me a price of a card, I'm going to tell you Star City Games price. Okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when you ask me for a price on my cards or your cards, I'm going to tell you Star City Games price. All right? Um, but what I know that this person who I'm trading with, this potential person doesn't know is the vilest values. So there could be a $4 card on star city that another vendor is giving a dollar on, and there could be a $4 card on star city that a vendor is giving $2 on. If you're not worried about that dollar, I'm getting it.
0: Right. So, so basically you're like, I'll trade you, you know, this $4 card for that $4 card. But then if you took, uh, if you both walked up to the, to the buyer and, uh, or you know, to the to the vendor that's got the buy list, he'd get a dollar for the one you traded him and you'd get two bucks for the one
1: he traded right. you. Yeah. It's about it's about trading cards that won't move for cards that will. It's that simple, you know? Right. But when you sit down at a at a table with four guys who are all kind of like whispering and hovering over your binder and looking at lists in front of you. Mm-hmm. It's very unattractive, and you're not going to get a trade done that way. If you guys are looking to make money trading cards, like, don't – just don't – D-B-A-D. I'm not going to say what it stands for, but you should know what it stands for, okay? Don't be a dictionary.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't be a dictionary.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So anyway (laughs) – so, so trading went well, made my security deposit. I was very, very happy. Um, made a little extra money for myself, celebrated with a draft that I did horribly in. Um, in between there, uh, played a couple commander games for the first time in months with uh, with uh, Tim and uh, and Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was really fun. Uh, I think Tim – no, Dave won the, the first game because Dave plays Mimeoplasm. Mm-hmm. And infect. <laughs> I
0: don't know. That sounds uh
1: it basically goes copy an infector and pump my creature. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and it's just like, oh my god. Like and he just sits there and goes, proliferate you guys, proliferate you guys. I was like, Oh my god, this game's gonna it was like the shortest game of commander I ever played. It lasted like ten minutes, and it wasn't like a combo game where someone just went comboed off. It was like I can't deal with infect. Oh god. Right. <laughs> it was so bad. That's but uh, awesome. it was great, though it was cool. Uh, and Tim's commander deck. Have you seen Tim's commander deck?
0: Oh, are you talking about the one that just copies and steals a bunch of creatures? Yes. That's all it does. It's, that's like the best commander deck I've ever seen. To be honest, like
1: yeah, it's so great. It's just like it's like oh, you have that creature, I have that creature. Oh, you know, it's just like every copy and 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 like steal effect. Yeah. in Magic, in one deck, um, and some counter spells in there for good measure. Commandeer. And then he's got, like, gather specimens. I've got Army of the Damned in my hand and mana to cast it. He's got six mana up. I'm like, I can't do it.
0: Right. <laughs> he's going to take all my creature. Gather specimens.
1: <laughs> I was like, man, that would be the worst thing ever, is if he just gather specimen to my Army of the Damned. Yeah, um,
0: I don't I don't play Commander, but when I do, I he just, has, I'd like to play the deck like Tim, that Tim has.
1: Yeah, and his general's Venser. So, I mean, yeah, like... That's awesome. So he can just, like, he has a counterspell just sitting there, you know? He was going to use Sakashima the Imposter as his commander. Um and I think he still doesn't have one, but um but he just he I think he likes Venser now cuz it's like a good like fail safe. You know what I mean? It's yeah, a good
0: It is. That is pretty cool to, you know, be able to It's more like a safety net than uh than something that's threatening.
1: In case of emergency, pay for. It's just sitting there in the yeah. glass. Um now now one thing that I want to mention is that uh, Dave Nizimov uh-huh. has an all-white-border commander deck.
0: Yeah, he told me about that.
1: Sleeveless, No sleeves, all-white-borders, and he just got his white-border commander, Sun Quan, Lord of Wu. Nice. Uh, he had to get it white-border. You know, he could have used the From the Vault Legends one, but no, no, no. He needed the white-border. Right. Uh, he got it for 10 bucks out of a heavily-played box. He was so happy.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, so so he finished that deck this weekend, so that was really exciting.
0: There was a pretty big kind of uh, controversy or rumor or uh, you know whatever you want to call it. The
1: biggest uh, air quotes I can make.
0: Okay, well, but we we need to talk about it because okay. for for a number of reasons, I guess. Right. Well, um, so the rumor is, and if you haven't heard it already, I'm I'm kind of surprised, but the rumor is. Uh, that well for for one thing when we we never really talked about this last week, I think because it came out after we recorded, but several right. players were suspended uh you know they they wizards has uh you know occasionally updates you know or announces the they don 't announce <laughs> announce is definitely the wrong word, and that 's something else uh that maybe we can kind of chat about quickly, but they add players to the suspended list, like if you 're suspended for six months or life or twenty years or you know a year, two years, whatever. Banned from the game, uh, whatever. Uh, and, uh, you know, Alex Bertoncini suspended, uh, which we knew about. That was that was back in December. But uh, recently, Edgar Flores was added to this list. And For only
1: three months, but...
0: Yeah, he's he's got a three-month suspension. So uh, Edgar Flores, obviously a, uh, a face on the Star City Games Open Series and kind of an up-and-comer uh, over the past year. Basically 2011, he just kind of came out of nowhere uh in February, top aided uh Star City DC last February and um and ever since then has kind of he's been one of the faces of the you know the the up and comers of the game. Um but uh he was added to this list. And and here's just to go on a tangent before we get into the this weekend specifically um and even Edgar specifically uh, you and I kinda had a quick talk about this the other day. Um they add players to this list and they don't really say what the reason is they they don't say why that happened and and i i don't i'm trying i don't know exactly where i fall on this but i guess i'm interested in, to know why were these people suspended now is this like are they trying to protect like the privacy of these players like if somebody cheated and that's why they're suspended for 3 months shouldn't we know about it or if somebody whatever they're suspended for, if they they you know lied to a judge or or I mean I, whatever the things that that they consistently may have done you know maybe smaller things that they consistently did to that led to a suspension or a large thing like fighting somebody you know fighting their opponent physically at a tournament or something. Right. I feel like these are things that we should know as players, but I don't know. But is that is is that a weird thing to think? Because uh, I I'm. I'm always baffled you know certain players uh high, very high profile players like Guillaume uh, Matignon and Wafo tapa, they were suspended because of the whole uh godbook controversy where they leaked the new Phyrexia set you know very very early uh right and so that there was an announcement this these players were were punished this way. these were the consequences of the, of doing that um but most of the time that doesn't happen. Right. It's just they're added to the list and and, and even kind of quietly. It's not like they say, hey, you know, this is the update.
1: Update, you know. 10 players added. You know what I mean? It's
0: just like suddenly it's there and somebody notices and says, hey, look, you know, this person's suspended. And I, I mean, I guess I'm trying to understand the logic behind protecting the privacy of players who clearly did something wrong. You know, it's not like they they had something bad happen to them, and so they're suspended. Like, uh, this is something they part of their consequence of you know having been suspended. I feel like is people knowing what they did wrong for two reasons, and I think you you brought this up the other day, uh, one, or one of these anyway. Two reasons: one, so that we know to kind of be aware of it from either them. Next time we play them in the tour- at a tournament in you know four months or six months or next year, because hey, they don't always just because they're suspended doesn't mean they stop. Right. Uh, and two, to be on the lookout for that kind of thing from other opponents, which you may not have been aware of as as a problem. Um, three. And three. Go ahead. And
1: three is to hold the judges and the DCI accountable, because regardless of whether or not they are the ruling authority there needs to be more transparency so we know why they're suspending people and you know i mean maybe it does lead to speculating on whether or not this the suspension is just but that's way better than like speculating and like blowing out of proportion like things that like i mean edgar flores has a 3 month suspension that is a far cry from a lifetime ban Okay. Mm-hmm. He's been suspended from everything from uh leading a ring of thieves to like <laughs> being banned from Yu-Gi-Oh for life to like, you know, being a criminal on can't, you know, I mean, like they're like, you're these, these are all the rumors why Edgar Flores was suspended. They put it out there and they just go, here's why. You know, first of all, we go and we look at that and we say, yeah, fair enough. Or we say, hey, why would they do that? But at least it like breeds productive discussion.
0: Right. And that's a, that's the other thing, actually, I thought you were going to say was that. So we know if if they did something that we may not have even realized was. Th- that was was that punishable. I mean, I don't I don't know. You know, I think a lot of most players will kind of have an idea of what's wrong. But
1: I would say that sixty percent of the players playing in organized in in in, in sanctioned Magic tournaments mm-hmm. are not aware that saying that you'll draw with somebody to split your prize to split their prize packs to get them in mm-hmm. is cheating. Absolutely. But, like, if that was harped on and like and 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 just put like this is why it happened, this is specifically what they did, and this is wrong, you cannot do that. it would be very educational for the community now, let me just like real quick translate the accountability issue to football right okay a- n f l referee throws a yellow flag, right, mm-hmm. and he says. Defense, 10-yard penalty, first down. What? For what? What did he do? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. penalty, 10 yards. You know what I mean? Like, wait, no.
0: That's very, that would be very frustrating
1: <laughs> as a fan. You can't just sit there and say 10-yard penalty because that team done did something wrong. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> You can't do that. You have to say specifically why there was a penalty, who the penalty was on, and what the resulting penalty is, right? Right. right. It's, 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 it's absolutely expected that that happens in football, and it's unacceptable for it to be anything else. Now, in baseball, I guess there's a little more amb- ambiguity, you know? The guy runs his mouth at the, at, the, at the umpire, the umpire throws him out of the game. You know what I mean, right? So there is a little more ambiguity there, but like in football, it's very clear cut. It's very specific. Um,
0: That's you know we kind of went on a tangent and a, a little bit from what we were going to discuss, but I did want to bring that up because I don't. Does, if anybody has a good reason why that we're not thinking of that, they would basically just hide whatever these people did wrong and not make it. Clear. I mean, they don't have to write an article about it. I don't understand why they keep it a secret. Uh, Now, on to the the actual uh, events of the weekend. Edgar Flores' suspension announced last week. uh, He shows up at Grand Prix Baltimore. Why is he at Grand Prix Baltimore after being suspended? He can't enter the event. Well, uh, theoretically, and this is just me guessing – he probably already had the event planned. He already had planned to be here. I think he's from New Jersey or New York. I think I think New, New York. York. Uh, so it's not that far away. So if he also likes to trade uh, or just wants to come and hang out with his friends uh, or whatever, just wants to be at the event he had already planned to go, probably had a ride and a hotel room. Well, all right. I guess I'm going to go. So I, I don't really think there's – that that's so strange. Uh,
1: I was pleasantly surprised to see him there. Like, you know, like – I was like, hey, man, like, you know, I like, wasn't expecting him. I got to make a couple couple ribs at him, you know, like somebody was like, oh, man, I'm hungry, but I don't have time to go get food between rounds. I was like, well, Edgar doesn't have anything to do. Right. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I got to make a couple jokes at his expense. I got to say hi to him, you know, see how he was doing, you know, right. like, kind, of, kind of say like, hey, man, you know, don't sweat it. You'll be back in three months, you know, just kind of give him a little encouragement. You know, I mean, it sucks. I mean, you love this game, you know, it's obvious that like. You know, some people love the game. Some people want to do it just for money, but whatever. Like, I mean, Burton Cheney's watching the coverage all weekend. You know, he loves the game. It doesn't matter if he's playing it or not. Right. But uh, you
0: know, again, I mean, I don't know what Edgar was suspended for. <laughs> um,
1: neither do I. But right. all I'm saying is since I don't know what he was suspended for, I'm not going to jump and just be like scumbag. You know, I'm just going to go serve your suspension and come back and play. You know what I mean? Like, like when you know like when a baseball player gets suspended or if a football player gets suspended they're not blacklisted by the community they're blacklisted by like a small subset of the community and that small subset of the community 95% of them are sitting in front of their computers blacklisting somebody instead of actually going out and playing the game themselves um but you know like it's like yeah okay there was something you did wrong you serve your time, you come back you know it 's not like you go to prison for three months for robbing a, for like robbing a grocery store, and then you come out and someone sh- executes you. You know what I mean, like yeah, you serve your time and then you come back and you rejoin the community you know mm. um so i 'm not going to sit there and crucify people, especially people who are suspended for three months i don 't know for what it's, it's like whatever, like serve your suspension and come back and don 't do it again, or we 're going to really lay the hammer down you know what i mean and if you do it again you deserve the worst possible penalty you know like
0: i guess in uh to to sum it up really you're not in charge of uh administering his punishment so you're not
1: right and like overall like you know i enjoy edgar's presence you know what i mean like i don't know he
0: gives you presents he doesn't give me anything Anyway,
1: um, he doesn't love you like he loves me. <laughs> I
0: actually didn't didn't even see him this weekend, so uh, I just he did. I heard he was there. So, and I knew he was there because you told me uh, you, that you had seen him. But uh, let me just get into the the actual topic here. So he shows up. The rumor was he was kicked out. I mean, the the rumors kind of are a little hazy here. The rumor he was kicked out and came back. Uh, part of, one of the rumors was that he was kicked out, came back, and then was arrested or he was arrested and then and obviously being arrested he got taken out of the the venue and then came back you know some amount of being kicked out arrested or whatever um sometimes the 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 idea was that he uh he was actually stealing which is one of the one of the big rumors surrounding Edgar since I've heard of him has been that he had uh something to do with stealing in when when he played Yu-Gi-Oh and that you know, he he has uh, some kind of involvement with a, a ring of thieves, I guess, or just more than just him, that steal backpacks. I don't know how true that is, but that is a rumor that's already been attached to him and that continues to perpetuate here. Uh, whether or not it's true, like I'm, I'm telling you, I don't know, but the last uh, – I think what I understood from his Facebook was that people were uncomfortable that he was there and he was asked to leave and he came back anyway I guess uh, and maybe was asked to leave again. I don't know what the truth of the matter is uh, exactly. It's tough to really make any sort of uh, – any sort of declaration about it without knowing really the truth but that that's the rumor uh, and regardless of – Of what the rumor is, and what Edgar had to do with anything, um, you need to keep an eye on your stuff,
1: right? (laughs) Um, Yeah, if you're looking out for Edgar Flores, who is a very recognizable face, you know he's a he's a very 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 recognizable person in the community, right? mm -hmm. Um, if you're just like looking out for him. You're gonna have five other people come around and steal your bag. You know what I mean? Like, well, I keep an eye on your stuff. It's your investment. Protect it. You know, you have to be vigilant at all times. If your bag isn't around your chair, it's or isn't like around the leg of, like under the leg of your chair, right? It around be,
0: your own leg.
1: It should be under your leg. It should be attached to your body in a way someone cannot reach into it without you going, "Hey, bro, what are you doing to my bag?" You know what I mean? Right. Like. Like it should always be there. It's your investment, you know. It's not like you would leave your car unlocked with the keys in the front seat and twenty dollars for gas.
0: Yeah, I, I guess you know. There's we can't. I can't say anything specifically about Edgar, but that's the rumor. So separating Edgar from this entire thing, there are thieves at magic tournaments, and you need need to really be protecting your things. And I think you know. Thing people keep saying, well, this things keep happening in Baltimore. Well, a lot of events happen in Baltimore. Star City comes to Baltimore probably twice a year, uh, if not. You know, I don't know the actual average, but I know they were there. You know, in October, and they're going to be there in a month uh, for the Invitational, and before that, they were there uh, last. You know, September 2010. I think they were there. So, you know, they they come to Baltimore once or twice a year, and um, you know, the Grand Prix is here. Nationals has been here and things. But um, I understand the the idea that people want to say Baltimore is just like the Wire. Um. Here's,
1: the thing. Here's the thing. Stealing happens in every tournament, okay? But because The Wire was filmed here, people think that it's like amplified here. It's no right. different than everywhere else. And, you know, it happens in every city. But let me tell you something. All you people who aren't from Baltimore who want to ask me, and this is the truth from now on anyone who asks me, is Baltimore like The Wire? Because it makes me sound intimidating, yeah, it's exactly <laughs> like that. Everything's like that here in Baltimore. We got a drug dealer in every corner, on every street corner. We all carry guns, and we're not, and we're not going to stand for your crap. But we will take your crap if you leave it lying around.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, let me let me say, you know, seriously. It really sucks to have something stolen. Uh, I know Eric Klug had Klug, a, yeah. a friend of his had their cube stolen from the event site, and then apparently his laptop was missing from the trunk of their car, or either his car or whatever car he had he had driven up in. I don't I don't know like that really really sucks. I I don't know if I'm lucky because I've never had anything stolen from me, but I'm also very protective of my stuff. When I'm at a magic tournament, I make sure that. All I have out in front of me are the things that I'm that are in my, you know, I'm, I have my deck in front of me, whatever I'm playing with, and my everything else is in my bag, and my bag is around my leg. I don't like sh- throw everything around on the table. I make sure that it's all within my sight or in my bag around my leg. You know, I uh, that's really all it comes down to, and I, I think it's deserves to be reiterated. But, um, yeah, I guess let's wrap things up. We've, all right. Uh, We've kind of uh, talked a lot about the Grand Prix. Um, did want to mention congratulations to Rain Gould for winning the Star City Games Standard Open in Memphis with uh, Blue White Humans, Blue White Zombies in second place. William Wright playing that. You mean blue Black. I'm sorry. Did I say Blue Black? I mean <laughs> you said bl- Blue no, no. White. Did I say Blue Black? No, you didn't. That's the problem. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> blue Black Zombies, uh, Mono Black Zombies in fourth place. So it's looking pretty cool. Look two Heartless Lich decks. In yeah. uh, sixth and seventh, Zach Hicks. Zach Hick- Hicks made uh, seventh place and then won the Legacy Open with uh, with Welder Mud. So
1: yeah, I'm so glad I didn't sell that foil uh, Forge Master this weekend. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so like, uh, look at the second place Burn third, uh, and then then the rest of the top eight. We've got like Delver. We've got two Maverick decks. We've got another Elves deck. I know. Uh, uh Chris Anderson top eighted with Elves back in Cincinnati. Legacy looking as healthy as ever. Top four doesn't even have any brainstorms or force of wills. Uh, Very cool. Um, And you know, standard continuing to evolve with decks that you know. It's just I think it's great to see zombies in here now. Zombies is a deck. I know Nate Uh, Nate uh, Chafe was was doing really well with zombies uh, at the Grand Prix. uh, Local guy Nate Chafe.
1: He wound up thirty seventh or thirty ninth or something like that
0: yeah I, I don't know where where he, he posted it
1: on um he had posted it on um facebook or so on or Facebook, something. yeah so
0: so thirty uh, seventh so out of the top thirty two that kind of sucks, but yeah anyway it the point was he was he was playing the entire tournament you know deep into the tournament with blue black zombies i I'm pretty sure it was blue black uh either way, he was definitely playing zombies so that's that's awesome standard seems very healthy and really exciting. Upcoming events. This weekend we have the Star City Games Open Series coming up uh, in Tampa, Florida. We've also got a standard GP, another one, but this one's in France, uh, Grand Prix Lille, and a limited GP in Seattle. Pretty cool. I bet you that a lot of the the Wizards guys are going to be up there at that Grand Prix. Wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Aaron Forsythe and, uh, you know, those kind of... Cool cats, um, and uh, next weekend Grand Prix Indianapolis, which is Legacy. So that is something to uh, to be pretty excited about the rare Legacy Grand Prix. Um, definitely looking forward to seeing how that how that pans out. We've got the Star City Games Open Series in Dallas also next weekend. That's March tenth.
1: Ah, bummer. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know you're <laughs> like you're waiting a
1: month. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and yeah, so that's that's what's happening in the next few weeks. Uh, Again, the the tournament train keeps trucking on every weekend. Seems like there's at least one exciting event, if not two or three. Uh, pretty pretty awesome time to be playing Magic. Yep. So uh, I guess that's everything for this week. We are Yo! MTG Taps.
1: Stop bitching, start brewing. mugged exactly once and it was in broad daylight on the corner of charles street and lombard street and that was like just nuts but it was really funny too because i like didn't give them anything but my phone they were like let me use your phone i was like nah let me use your phone nah can't and then i look up i'm sitting on the ground i look i look to my left i look to my right i look in front of me look behind me there's people all around me i was like oh crap Let's put one of the edit one of those in okay and uh (laughs) And the guy goes, well, you better give him my phone, your phone right now before I put this pistol against your head. Right. Right. I didn't see a gun. I didn't want to, I didn't want to see a gun, (laughs) you know? So I handed the guy the phone and the other guy goes, give me your wallet too. And I went, nah, you only asked for the phone. (laughs) (laughs) And they left. (laughs) <laughs> what the heck? That's nuts. I'm a canvasser, man. You ask for what you want. If he told me empty your pockets, I'd have empty my pockets. He didn't ask me to empty my pockets. He asked for my phone. You can't just sit there and ask me for more stuff.